Okay, so let's just jump straight into this, man, because the last couple of topics we've been doing, I've been doing topics like probably on the bathrooms and these fuel islands and stuff like this. I really don't see too many people touching bases on stuff like that, but, you know, I wanted to um, just kind of touch bases on that for people that was thinking about coming out because that's stuff that you need to know. That could be a maker or breaker for somebody. But let's just jump back into the series, man. Like I said, the year is 2010 now. And as I was talking to you guys... Where we left off at was guaranteed air freight, man. And after they drove that forklift off on top of my um, vehicle like that, man, I pretty much didn't go back to work immediately, man. I took, I think, like maybe another five to six months off. I can't remember if it was five or six, but I remember taking a few months off because remember when I talked to Mike, who, who was working over there, who was my boss at guaranteed, he was just like, man, just take your time. You know, you could just go, I'll vouch for you when you get ready to go back to work. So that's pretty much why I just took that time off, man, because I just was in dismay. I, I never seen anything like that before, man. I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there that probably can top what happened to me. But, I mean, I was just disgusted at that point, man. Um, so I took some time off. But then when it was time for me to go back after the five, I think it was five months or something like that, I just said, basically, let me just go on, look through the Internet. And then I came across this one company now. After I came across this one company, man, this was kind of like a make or breaker for me. After I got with them, it really opened my eyes up to where I wanted to be and just knew what I wanted to do after that. Because getting with this company just kind of set me focused on where we're going to, where we're at now, and what I don't want to deal with and what I will deal with. And it's just kind of like when you look at Swift, man... Um, you know, they was getting into so much trouble, man, like with their with their trucks running over shit, doing this and that. I think they made an agreement when it came to doing these electronic logbooks because remember, they was like one of the first to step up to start volunteering to do it. I don't even really think, I think their volunteer was basically them just trying to get on the good side with the scales to get their score, to get their reputation built back up. So, you know they kind of like stepped their game up by putting those electronic log books in there and so the company that I actually got with man was Snyder and at the time when I got with Snyder I talked to the recruiter on the phone and like I said once again it was a local run because remember y'all I just came off the road um, after um, what was that 2004 and then once I went down to Atlanta that was a local gig because I started doing the trash uh, company because Ready Pack set it off for me. So it was Ready Pack in the trash company, then guaranteed, and now here we go with Snyder. So now y'all see me building up this pattern now, which is like doing local type work. So what I actually did was I talked to the recruiter on the phone and they was telling me details about the position. And basically the position is like these was dealing with like the containers. Um, they had two um, pickup spots. One was like in San Bernardino down there at the rail yard down there and the other one was over there off the 710. Like I said, you get off on Washington right there and they got that little um, yard over there where all the containers is. Everybody knows what I'm talking about <clears throat> if you're from California. And like I said, when you look at that area over there, you see the majority of Snyder and you see the majority of J.B. Hunt picking up containers over there. And so when I talked to the recruiter, what the um, details of the job contained was basically you just go pick up the uh, container and you just like deliver it to, I guess, the facility, and then you take another empty, and then you head back. 
and um, it was like Monday through Friday that you worked, and then I guess you was off on the weekends, and then you know you just go back and do the same thing. Now, like I said, let me reiterate what I was telling y'all from the beginning. One of the reasons why I said like after I got with this company because I believe like the devil is in Snyder. One of the reasons why I, I say that is because like after going through what I went through with them, I was pretty much like kind of done with like these big ass fucking carriers. Because for number one, it's just too many of them. Like when you're dealing with any carriers that's got like over two, 300 trucks, I mean, it's gonna be a problem, man, because they can't keep eyes on everybody. You know that there's gonna have all these accidents and shit. So basically you just like another number to them. You know, they're not giving a fuck about anything that goes on. Um, they're gonna have all these accidents. Like I said, I remember especially one situation dealing with Swift, like back when I was um, down in Arizona in 04, a bunch of people was just running into the back of Swift's trailers, man. I don't know for any of you truckers that was around or, or know about that situation, but like down in Arizona, there was, it was a lot of like cars just running into the back of that trailer because they assumed that they was doing 65 miles an hour like they were. And Swift was just going down that highway at 55 and Actually, they had a big lawsuit against them, man. I think the um, Arizona, everybody was telling them to turn it up. I don't know if that's one of the reasons why they turned their, their, um, their, their, their stuff up, but this is what I'm talking about, like with these big mega carriers, and Snyder's just like them. So the situation is, man, when I got with them, I got on, and then I got with this one trainer named George. It was like out of hell, man, because... First of all, this motherfucker was like chain smoking, but I didn't even want to say anything because I didn't want to make it seem like I was coming over there to complain. But get that out in the open, y'all. Like when you first get with um, going out with a company, if you're going to go out with a trainer, if you're going to go out with somebody, make sure that they know that if you smoke or not smoke, because if that doesn't get said, you'll wind up with somebody that smokes. And this motherfucker was chain smoking in the truck with the windows rolled up, smoking one cigarette after the other. And I, it was just like an issue, man. I was just like, I didn't really say anything. I rolled down the windows and I, and I guess he knew after a while, like, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't like to smoke or not, but make sure that y'all get that out in the open. Now, I only went out with him for like a, a day or two for him to just basically, it wasn't no drive, like, like a trainer trainer. He was just basically showing me the routine of how the gig worked. And so, you know, like I said, I only went out with him for about a couple days just to learn the paperwork and once again learn their system they got this big ass weird fucking monitor in there um you know everybody's shit is different man i mean you know you get with these big mega carriers everybody's shit is different so that's basically what that was all about but like i said you guys just want to make sure that when you do that make sure you tell them if you're a non-smoker or if you this or that or whatever your like or distaste is because like i said i must have put up with it for like the first uh, couple days but man i mean this guy was like rolling up the windows. I had to roll down the windows. I, I think he knew after the first day, like, you know, I didn't want to, I wasn't down with all that, that nasty. And when people smoke, for some reason, it seems like they don't buy the expensive cigarettes. They go buy these little cheap ass cigarettes, man, to get all up in your fucking clothes. And it's hard to get that shit out. I mean, I can't, that's, that's why I don't like, you know, smokers coming around me, man. Because first of all, if you're smoking, you got issues. You're a nasty individual. You, I mean, we can all pretty much tell, like, if, if you're good, like, uh, uh, the qualities of a smoker. Trust me, I've been around a, a few of them. You know, they leave their clothes all over. I mean, they're just nasty individuals, but back to this. So, basically, he was just showing me, like, you know, the situation of what was going on with Snyder and, and 
and where to go pick up it. Like I said, there was two spots where I went to go pick up. One was off of 5th Street down there in San Bernardino, and another one was the rail yard off of Washington. Now, the situation that I really just didn't like about being with Snyder, man, um, there's a few, few issues that I didn't like. The number one thing is I didn't like to pay, man. I mean, we only work Monday through Friday. Um, it seems like my pay back then, this was like 2010, was barely like $800 a week, man. And I mean, that was just like not enough to even be trying to get by on, especially like living out in California. I mean, I made more than that when I was down there in Georgia driving for the trash company. I mean, like, and it seemed like it was almost like 800 on the dot too, like $789, 790 And I remember when I asked them for extra work, man, it was seeming like they didn't have it. They was trying to keep everybody on the system. If you guys like open up your eyes, you'll notice that a lot of these mega carriers, man, they try to keep everybody like on a, on a system, you know, for some reason. They want to be paperless. They don't want to do no fucking um, check deposit things to where they send it to you in the mail. They want and then they want to go every two weeks because if you notice like they're saving money when they do every two weeks instead of every week. Me, I don't care which fucking trucking company is with, but I need to get paid every week. Fuck that every two week shit. That just, basically what that does is that gives the the, um, the trucking company an advantage with their taxes because they're paying you on an every two week basis instead of on an every weekly. And it, and it seems like that you're being shortcutted. I can't tell you how, but I did that with another company that I haven't even gotten into yet and I just didn't like the shit at first we was every week and then they changed it to every two weeks and the thing about the thing with um like I said with Snyder man like they had all this shit on the truck that I just wasn't used to this was my first time being introduced to this type of shit this thing was called um hard brakes then you had the stability and then you had the other thing that was over speeding on there now they didn't have the cameras looking inwards but they did have the cameras looking outwards and like I said, I'm still a person. I don't know how it is with some people because sometimes when I talk to some people, some people like the fact that a camera is there because it's, they're thinking in their mind like, well, I want a camera there because if something happened, it can save my ass. But see, that's why I always bought my own camera, though. Because the thing about it is with these cameras that they putting in there, you guys don't even realize this, but you do realize that they're like recording your fucking conversation. So that means if you're on the phone talking to your girl about eating her ass out or whatever your sexual delight is, they're sitting there like listening to that shit. And you guys don't even realize that. I mean, they could come in and out whenever they want and listen to shit. That's exactly why there was an issue um, with that one girl with, with Swift, like when they was watching her change clothes and the guy was sitting there and for whatever reason how he got caught, I guess somebody else like snitched him out. But that's why I just don't like shit like that, man. I mean, even though it was dealing with the cameras, like, pointing in and out, I still, to this day, can't understand why do they need them actually pointing in. I mean, I understand the company wanted to see what the driver was doing if an incident happened. But nine out of ten times, they're not going to disclose that to the police department. Like, if, if there was an accident, they're not going to say, well, you know what, we, we got a picture of what the driver was doing while before the accident. They're not going to disclose that to him. They're not going to give the post. They're going to try to make it seem like that they didn't record that and the cameras went out and all the rest of this shit. That's just for their purposes to, to spy on you. But I just didn't like the way that shit was going down there. I mean, it was cool for the for the point that I worked from Monday through Friday, had the weekends off, came back Sunday. But as far as the other shit, like I didn't I didn't like that. And then on top of that, I was coming in to Snyder. Like I said, once again, 
when everything was kind of changing around. Right when I came in and took my um, drug test and got issued out my truck, my um, dispatcher must have called me up. It was a, it was a woman. She called me up and she said, basically, um, 60 of our drivers must have failed like the um, drug test. So now we're doing the hair follicle. So I'm going to need you to go directly over. There was this place off of Washington, this Concentra. Everybody knows. They need to go to Concentra or some other place. But it was this one over there by where the yard, by where the um, Washington, by where the, the rail yard was. And she tried to send me over there. But see, at the time, I kept my hair like bald. And I'm talking about like bald, bald to where it was like shaved down real like a fade. And they couldn't get like a, a one inch hair. Like I would have to. Now you're trying to tell me like now that I need to grow my hair for you to do your fucking follicle test. This is what I'll be trying to explain to you guys. It's like they have all this control trying to tell somebody what to do. And yet you're not paying for that. You know, and then they make you sign the thing. If you get any tickets, we can find out about it. I mean, when you think about it, they, they make you sign a thing for your tickets. They got the cameras looking in now. I mean, basically, you, you, they know everything about you and they have all full control over you for half the day until you go home, until you come back. And pretty much they know everything about you. So they know what you're doing when you go home because remember, you're talking on the phone and they're listening to that phone conversation through that goddamn camera. So they're learning what the fuck you're doing. And a lot of you guys don't even realize that shit. And so the thing about it is, um, I just didn't like the situation with the hair follicle thing. She sent me, I went to like five or six different clinics. But let's just move on and then I'll go back to that and tell you like what wound up happening to me. So basically every day, man, it was just an issue for me going there. I mean, because... They were calling me on the um, phone. My dispatcher was like, well, what's going on? We getting these heartbreaks. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about heartbreaks? And it's like, well, because when they when they do the heartbreak thing, they're thinking that you're stepping on the brakes like you're in front of a car, like you're speeding. And Snyder's trucks back then was too fucking slow even back then to even like be tailgating somebody. We're talking about cars that, you know, that are in L.A. that are probably doing like 75 to 80 miles per hour. The only time that... I could see something like that happen. It's like if you're in traffic, bumper to bumper traffic, and you know, like you're you're rolling at 20 miles an hour, and then that thing starts beeping and lets you know that you're too close. I mean, all of this shit. It's like they program all of this shit for you to be like a fucking robot. When you really look at it, they they want you to drive that shit like it's a fucking robot, man. And I just need more control over it because I come from a cloth to where we're manual, like where I do all the sin, I do all the that this is and that. I don't need a computer telling me that I stepped on the brakes too hard because first of all, you don't know where those hard brakes came from. We had an issue like that. Um, I didn't even mention it when I was down in Georgia with the trash company. Once again, I had just came over there. It's like I keep telling you, for some reason, whenever I come over to these companies, they start changing rules or they start doing something different, but they actually had a hard thing, a hard break thing in their thing. And I had to talk to um, this one guy in safety a couple of times, I had to say, look, man, you know, we're up there at the trash company, you know, um, uh, up there at the landfill. And when you're backing up in all that mud and shit, of course, you're going to step on the brakes. This has nothing to do with me being on the freeway. And once I explained all that shit to him, he kind of just backed off because it made sense because you don't know where those hard brakes is coming from. And so every day I was getting those readouts and they was calling me talking about a hard break. I was also getting... The um, stability, the stability means like when you're doing a turn 
too wide or something like the trailer is rocking like it's gonna like flip over but I was getting this when I was going up over the grapevine because I had like four different accounts I had one for Shafter which was Target I had one for Delano which is Sears I had one down in Turlock which was um, Walmart and I had another one in Turlock which um, it was like a butter load this heavy ass butter that you bring back and I mean that shit would be like overweight like I wouldn't even want to do that because coming back down the grapevine I would be burning the brakes um, bringing that shit back down but they was always calling me because anybody knows that everybody's been over the grapevine you know the winds are blowing east and west like at 70 miles per hour rocking that fucking trailer and so I was constantly getting calls for that um, it was just very stressful for me and then on top of that she was continuing to try to send me to a facility to get a hair follicle and I just couldn't deal with that and she even went so far because I even heard her talking on the phone like arguing with the um, the guy down there and he's like well look man like we can't she was trying to get him to take hair from my pubic hair as a follicle and he's like I can't do that it's against the law and she was trying to get him to do it anyway so you see what I'm saying like how they be trying to push the um the the the, the issue and it just became very stressed like on the weekends man I remember like I didn't even really want to go back there like on a Monday um like I said I mean I had those three lows. It was going up over the grapevine. I would pick up. And now, if they gave me two lows going to Shafter, those are the easiest. You could do that in probably one day. Like, if I, if I left at, like, 5 o'clock in the morning, went down to the Washington, picked up the trailer, you know, head on the 5, get past the grapevine and, you know, Magic Mountain Parkway and the scale over there, I could be up there because it was just basically drop and hook with them. Like, you go to Target, drop it. Uh, pick up another empty comeback and then go do another one but if they gave me like for instance like uh going to target and trying to go to walmart i wouldn't make it because walmart is all the way down there in turlock i had trouble trying to make it trying to do a target and sears because sears shafter and target is about i want to say about a good like what like 60 miles and even though it would still be cutting it close because of the traffic so and I must have ran my clock out because I had to do that because I wanted to start out. Most guys, like I said, they would pull over um, to do their fucking 10-hour break. Like once they had probably about an hour or an hour and a half or two hours left, they would just start finding a, a truck stop to go to or somewhere to go park their vehicles. But I would pretty much run my shit down to the, to the very fucking minute or two because I wanted to be that much close to the terminal. So when I wake up, I could easily just go get... You know, I tried to do two per day, and I was like one of the best on that fleet um, for doing the containers, because um, everybody else was probably doing like one, maybe one and a half. I would like, and when I say one and a half, like they would go get one, deliver it, and then go grab another one, and then get halfway there, and then when they wake up, they're still delivering the one that they didn't before the day before. Now, I would try to get all my shit in, and then I would try to make sure in the morning time that I would um, basically have enough time to start over fresh with another two and another one. But like I said, I always hated going up there to the Walmart because it was a lot further. And from time to time, they would ask us, like if it was a hot load, if the load, because you got to remember a lot of those loads was coming off the rail yard. So sometimes they might be late because coming off the, you know, when they're bringing them off the train, they might be late. So if it was like that type of situation, um, we would basically have to sit there and wait for them to unload and we all know how Walmart is like they take like four hours for each fucking um, um, Truck to unload shit. I did get that a couple times 
and I had to basically just stay out there for the night because I wasn't going to be able to make it back. Um, one thing, man, that was like just kind of disgusting to me because I had this one place where I was telling y'all, like, I don't usually try to go to truck stops unless I'm taking my shower, but it's off of exit 21. Um, I forgot the name of the exit over there off the 99. There's a little mall area over there for whoever's familiar with Bakersfield. There's a Toys R Us and there's a Salvation Army. Every now and then, I would always go over there to where the Toys R Us and I would hide back there. And um, at, in the middle of the night, man, I would hear people, I mean, just scandalous shit. I would hear people like skirting up there in their cars, like stealing out the Salvation Army box, man. I mean, it was fucking disgusting. I mean, I even got some of it on um, one of the um, phone cameras that I had. I mean, I would be hearing them like, like literally like going inside the box. They had another friend. They would hold the door open. They would climb in that box and would be grabbing the clothes out of there. And they also had a place for the Salvation Army, like where people would just be dropping off stuff at the place, like speakers and stuff. And people would be coming up there at midnight. It always seemed like the same time they would come up there at midnight because I can hear their cars pulling up and they were going up there stealing out the Salvation Army, man just disgusting and so the thing about it is man like I said that job really started stressing me out because I was getting these phone calls with these stabilities and then on top of that like I said with the hair follicle thing and it, it even got to the point because I worked there I want to say I did probably about what 10 months y'all know how I do with these companies it, it was probably like 10 months I did like getting close into 2011 um, I just became real stressed out, man, because I could see that they was getting ready to try to pull some shit to terminate me because they couldn't get the, um, they wanted me to grow my hair. I was like, it was a, it was a thing where we were basically going back and forth with this. I said, that's against the law, man. You can't make me. I said, I want to keep my hair short. And me and the dispatcher, you know, she was relaying it to the people, I guess, who owned the company or Snyder or the upper, upper people. But it was beginning to be a problem, man. And um, they were really stressing me out. They even had me go to uh, Concentra in Bakersfield, like trying to see if there was something that they could do. And the, the thing about it is, um, it was just, like I said, it just became real stressful for me because they was harassing me about that. Then they was talking about the heartbreaks. Uh, and also they had this policy where you couldn't do no U-turns. Um, if you was hooked up to a trailer or even a bobtail, they wanted you to go down to do the proper turn and turn, turn and come back around because they stated that if any driver saw you doing that or called or if anything happened, they would terminate you. I guess a while back, somebody at Snyder did a U-turn and some lady got killed. So now they have some type of policy in place to where you couldn't um, make a U-turn. And so the thing about it is, man, and also from time to time, they had me go down to Calexico. They had me go down to Calexico, um, take some, uh, a trailer down there from the rail yard. I would drop down there. I would pick up another one and bring it back. Um, that would take all day to do that. Um, like I said, I wasn't really happy with them, man. It just seemed like it was just Big Brother just always watching me. It, it was just a lot of problems. Um, and like I said, what, what wound up happening, what was the breaker for me is that Remember I told y'all about that U-turn? Okay, so I was bobtailing down to San Diego to pick up, like in Calexico, to, I guess to go pick up a trailer. And for some reason, um, she called me on the phone and she said that the trailer 
wasn't going to be ready till this afternoon. So I had some time on my hands. So I said I was going to stop off at the San Diego. They had this mall off the 8 over there, I believe. Um, and what I did was, man, I'm looking at the mall from off the on-ramp. And I'm trying to figure out how to get in there. Because, you know, like when you're in these bobtails, it's, it's hard to try to get in there. Like you can't fit a bobtail in anywhere. So I'm looking at it from on the on-ramp as I'm passing by. So I must have got off at the next exit, got back on. And then once I uh, was getting to where to get off to where the mall was right there, we was going down this one road and there was like three or four cars behind me. And so I didn't make a turn up into the mall because I could already tell, like, you know, they just got cars all in there. It's going to be no room for a bobtail. So I'm looking for somewhere to do a U-turn now because I'm in the bobtail. Remember, I told you all there was no fucking U-turns. And so the thing about it is, is that as I was going down that road, there was three cars behind me. So what I did was I must have like pulled over to the side of the dirt road um, because I didn't even see where, how far it was going to be before I could go all the way down to where the light was to make a U-turn to come back around. So I said, fuck that, man. I just pulled to the side of the road and I let those other three or four cars go by. Now, when I pulled over to the side of the roads, one of them must have like skidded on his brakes because... You, they was following too close. I guess it was three cars behind me. The car behind me was following way too close up on my bumper. So when I just pulled over to the side of the road and, and was kind of stepping on my brakes to get over, he stepped and then I guess another car uh, almost hit the back of uh, whoever that was in that car or yada, yada, yada. So what wound up happening is that I don't know how in the fuck this happened, how they got the, the my bobtail um, truck number or whatnot but they must have called back to um the fucking company and they said yeah your bobtail was down here and and basically you know i guess the lady was complaining that that she almost ran into the back but she shouldn't have been tailgating so close to me so now when you when you look at the situation they can't get a hair follicle they're getting these heartbreaks this and that so now they feeling like, yeah, now we, we got a way out of this now. And so the thing of it is, she must have called me on the phone and she asked me if I was over there. And I explained to her, I said, yeah, I, I went by that mall area over there to stop. Because remember, you told me that the trailer wasn't ready. So I must have went, um, you know, to go by the mall over there. And she asked me if I did a U-turn. I told her no. I said, no, I didn't do no U-turn over there. I said, basically, I must have pulled over to the side of the road because there was no parking over there. And I did this. And she explained to me that basically they got a call from I guess somebody saying that I did a U-turn and they almost ran into the back of me and this and that and so I'm just going back and forth with her about that like me not doing the U-turn and so what wound up happening is man she was like well basically you know you like might be suspended for that because you know we have a no U-turn policy and especially if you have a trailer you could get um, terminated for that and so when she was telling me that man I mean I was so fucking stressed out and, and so this and that, I, I knew where this was coming from because y'all have to understand, like, if they would have allowed me to stay there without getting that hair follicle, then everybody that does drugs would have just cut their hair um, low because it seems like they was on me tough because my hair was short. So that was my excuse. And my religion was like, I don't need to grow my hair. I, you guys can't make me do it. And so the thing about it is, it was like, that's where we were going back and forth with that. And so. When I thought about it, I called her back and I said, you know what, you know, with all this stuff, with the hair follicles, I said, um, it's just really stressing me out. I said, at this time, I'm just probably going to resign. And you could hear like in her voice, like, 
like the dismay, like she was just really shocked at what I said, because like I said, I was like one of her best drivers there. I mean, I always came to work. I was always on time. I always did two loads. You know, like I said, I pretty much like ran my clock out, like damn near on the freeway just to go somewhere, um, just basically so I could um, pick up the next load and not be delivering the first load from yesterday. So it almost sounded like she was like ready to cry about the bullshit. And I just, I just told her straight out, I said, I'm just not happy. I said, you know, you guys got all the stuff. You're calling me every day. Now you're doing this hair follicles. I said, the pay. And so basically what wound up happening is, y'all, I just wound up resigning from that. I just couldn't do it no more. Um, and I'll never go back to another company like that again. Um, like I said, Knight was probably like the last company like that, like these big mega carriers. And even Knight wasn't even on that level. But that was 2004 that I was with Knight. So you figure that was 2010. So that's like what? Like like six years later I don't know and I still don't even think that even if I was with got with night on 2010 they didn't have that type of uh, equipment in their trucks like I said the only people that had all that shit back then was Swift uh, Snyder and I don't know if JB Hunt but just big mega carriers because they was um, stepping up to volunteer for all that fucking bullshit with these electronic log books and all this shit but I just couldn't do it now let me tell y'all the real horrible thing about this, and this is this is this is what I want you to really pay attention to. Right when I came on my last day to clean out the, the truck, remember the trainer that I told y'all about that was chain smoking, um, Joe. Um, when me and him was talking, he was like, "Well, yeah, I heard that you you're going to be quitting this and that." And when I explained to him what what was going on, you know, this motherfucker must have said, "Well, the reason why you're getting all those." stability and heartbreaks and all that shit in the truck is because this truck was involved in an accident and had rolled over a couple times they had put it back together and they issued it out to you so that meant that all the 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 things that was hooked up to it as far as like the the stability and all that it's not going to work right because when a truck rolls over like that it's never going to be the same and so when he told me that I must have like flinched up, I was ready to like, like sock somebody. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me this um, before? I, like, why didn't nobody know about this? And he tried to tell me that they did know as far as like the truck rolling over, but they would have had to talk to the mechanics to find out that all that stuff on there is not going to be working correctly. So that's why I was catching all that stuff that I shouldn't have. Because I mean, every day they was calling me. You know, Cassandra was calling me. She was like, well, you know, we're getting a heartbreak. What's going on? Or stability or what's going on? Or, And then the thing about it is, like, if you oversped, they turned up the truck to like 62, right? And so if you went over 55, the thing would start saying overspeeding, overspeeding. As soon as you go to 60, it'll start sending a message back to fucking dispatch saying that you're doing five miles over the speed limit. They would contact, they would call you and say, what's going on? You're speeding. But it's like, why did you even turn the truck up to 62? If you didn't want nobody to use that, you know, it didn't make any sense. And then there was always this problem when I was going on the freeway, like when I'm in the hammer lane and then there's another car getting on the freeway, he would be matching my speed instead of trying to speed the fuck up or slow down and let me go by before he merged on the fucking um, freeway. He would match my speed. And then I got a, a truck behind me, a truck beside me, a car in front of me. It's like, what the fuck I, what can I do? I can't even speed up fast enough to even beat him before he even gets to the um, on-ramp to get on because, you know, the truck is going so fucking slow. It's a hazard. It's, like, dangerous, like, almost like you can have an accident because then I had to, like, start slamming on my brakes and whoever's behind me slamming on their brakes and then behind, that could start a train reaction just because 
the, 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 the motherfuckers that are getting on their on-ramp don't know to speed the fuck up. Speed up. I don't know why they do that. I don't know why they brain freezes up when they're getting on the on-ramp. You know, even later on in life, like just a few years back, like with the trucks that I had now that are like wide open, they still do the same thing. I, I, will, I would be somewhere, like I was telling y'all, down in Texas somewhere, and I would be probably doing like 70. And I'll see them getting on the on-ramp, and they'll be matching my speed. And I'll speed up 75, 80. They, they, they'll, what they're doing is matching my speed instead of slowing down and then merging on. They feel like they always have to beat the truck somehow and, and cause like an accident. So that's what wound up happening, man. I mean, it was just like the most horrific thing. When he told me that, I was so shocked. I was like, man, y'all should have said something before. So if any of y'all are having any troubles with like you, you with a company like that and you're getting like all these mixed messages and you know you're not doing something, call the fucking um, shop and ask them if that truck was ever involved in the accident before they gave it to you. Because to be honest with y'all, I couldn't even tell. I mean, they put that truck back together so perfectly. Like, I, I couldn't even tell that it had rolled over. You know, I had to learn that from the guy that was training me. He was like, yeah, man, that truck had been, he said it rolled over a couple times. So I don't know if the people got killed in it, the driver or whatnot. But they, that shit rolled over and then they issued it out to me. And that's why I was catching all those stabilities and all the rest of that shit. I mean, just from the wind blowing the trailer, it was sending back messages. I mean, I was getting, I still to this day, out of all the, 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 the companies that I've been to, that was like one of the most stressful to drive for, was them. Still to this day, 20 years in this game, Snyder was the most stressful to drive for with all that shit on there. I would never, ever go back to a company like that again, man. So... That's what wound up happening is with Snyder, man. And I learned my lesson after that. Like, never again am I ever going to be doing no mega carrier like this. So, with that being said, that's where I was at in 2010. So, I guess we're going to stop it here. And um, I'm going to tell you what happened after that. Because I got a story to tell you all about what, what happened with me and Eric. Because right after 2010 is when me and Eric stopped talking to each other. Like, right about this time. So, when I uh, come back, we'll just go from there. All right.